Lord, thank you. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for each one here. I'm sure we've got visitors from out of town and I've got the whole whistling clan I know and others. And, and uh, thank you for bringing us together in, in Jesus Christ today. And I pray, Lord, that as we're opening up your word now and as we're going to do something a little different as part of that, that I just pray that each one would receive what they need um, through your word, by your spirit. Come and do that, Lord. Help me, give me clarity and, uh, and come and move in our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, like I prayed, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning, and let me just give you some background. Uh, one of our foundational uh, convictions here at Mercy Hill Church is that, in fact, the way, way I've, I kind of like to put it recently is one of our passions is to help you stop going to church, okay? Because church is not a place you go. It's not a meeting you go to. Church is, is being part of a community. It's really living in community, not necessarily in the same house, but living in community with brothers and sisters who love Jesus. And so that, that, that takes place Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. It's being part of a group of brothers and sisters who love each other and support each other and bear each other's burdens and pray for each other and, and that the word of Christ richly dwells within you. So there's deep love that you experience, and you join together in helping people come to know Jesus. So that's one of our foundational convictions about what church is, and and the way we pursue that here at Mercy Hill is through our home groups. Home groups are absolutely crucial for us. Now this last spring, we saw that our our home groups, our home group leaders needed to be strengthened in in two areas. Um, One was in how to help people come to know Jesus, just getting more skilled and stronger and, and, and growing in that, helping people come to know Jesus. And then secondly, and how to lead a, a group of people to join together in helping people come to know Jesus. Two areas we, we saw we needed to grow in. And so we've taken kind of a radical step. We, the elders felt like Jesus was calling us to ask each home group, give us your home group leaders for the summer. And we're going to be a, a home group leaders home group where we're going to get training together. We want to grow together in how to help people come to know Jesus and how to, how to lead a, a group together in, in pursuing that. And thank you for your prayers. This summer has gone exceedingly well. I mean, even yesterday, seeing some more fruit of what's been happening this summer. So thank you. It's been, I have learned so much. And I feel like I've grown so much. And, and I think that the whole group would, would share the same. So now we're ready to start our home groups up Again, and so what's going to happen is the next two Sundays, Lord willing, I'm going to be we're going to be announcing who the, what the home groups home groups are going to be, and I'm going to be sharing about what we've learned this summer, and and how it's going to be shaping our home groups in the fall, and, and the way that's going to look in the fall. Just let me just say two things. One is our groups are going to continue to be focused on building each other up and trusting Jesus, so that you're supported, you're loved, you're cared for, vital deep love in the spirit, and we also then want the, an added element in our groups, and that is that our groups would be a place where you can learn at your own pace, in a way that fits your personality and schedule and, and, uh, and who you are, but so that you can learn how to help people come to know Jesus, so that you can grow in that. We want each home group to be a place where, where you can grow because we're all called to be disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And the church in this country, for the most part, definitely including us, is very weak in that. We are tragically disobedient in this area, and we're blind to it. 
I think a hundred years from now, church historians will, will write articles wondering how could the church at that time have been so blind to something that's so obvious in the scripture that we're just used to not doing. And I'm speaking for myself and all of us. Do we feel that? So this is what we're pursuing. That our, our home groups would move in this direction. So, but the problem though is as we move into this fall, I know it's not going to be easy. Okay, it's going to be change. Change is hard. All right? Um, some of our home group leaders are, are stepping down and taking sabbaticals. New home group leaders are rising up. There's going to be change. Different home groups, different combinations of people. And that's just hard. I mean, nobody likes change. And I'm sure some of you are wondering, you know, what group am I going to be in? And am I going to like it? And what if it's not the same? And it's not going to be the same, you know? And it's going to be different. And I just want to encourage you. Um, Jesus is calling us to do this. He's, he's just calling us to do this. This is something we have to pursue. I can't be faithful to my call as a pastor if I don't do all I can to move us ahead in this direction. And so it will be hard and there will be change. But it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And I'm confident he's been so faithful this last summer in what he's done that he's going to keep doing a powerful work and the new groups are going to be really great. I speak by faith. I'm trusting the Lord to work in that way. Um, but what I want to do this morning, I was going to preach on James again. I was all ready. It's going to be a great sermon. It, we'll, do it, we'll do it a couple weeks down the road. I'm very excited about it. I sent out the email about how we're going to talk about healing. Well, we're not going to do that this morning. Yesterday morning, I was just up early praying, and there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle that are in place about who's going to be leading the groups, where they're going to be located, what their evangelistic missional focus is going to be. There's a lot of pieces that are in place. There's some puzzle pieces that aren't in place, though, yet. There's some pieces that are missing. And I was just praying yesterday, saying, Lord, you know, we need your wisdom. Lord willing, we're going to be making an announcement a week from today. But there's still some pieces missing. And, and as some of us were at Alvin and Lake Park praying yesterday morning, I just sensed that the Lord wanted us to take some time this morning and pray in small groups and come together and say, Jesus, we need your wisdom. And I just feel like he wanted the church, us all, to be involved in some prayer together for this. And I said, but Lord, it's going to be Labor Day, and the Whistling's family is going to be here, and, and all these new people are going to be here, and they're not going to want to get together with us and pray. And the Lord said, this is what he wanted us to do. So, <laughs> Okay, so uh, I think this is what he, he wants. But before we do that, I want to set the stage by bringing you something from the scriptures which will help us as we pray, but I, I think it will also give you something to take with you this week from the Word. So let's turn to Second Chronicles chapter 20. This is such a great passage. If you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand. We want to bring one to you. I'd like you all to have a Bible you can look at. This is a passage. I hope you'll make this passage like one of your go-to passages. Um, when you're facing a, st- a huge, insurmountable problem, and you don't know what to do. This is the passage I go to time and time again. By the way, in the Bibles we're passing out right now, it's on page 372. But what this passage has just been so helpful to me over the years, honestly, think about this. What do you do in those times when you face a problem that like seems insurmountable, and you just don't know what to do? Like, in a sense, some of the puzzle pieces are in, but some are missing. I don't know what to do. We're, we're waiting on God for wisdom. I don't know what to do. What do you do when you face that kind of a problem, whether it's finances or medical or relational or parenting or whatever it might be? This passage, the Holy Spirit had this passage be put in the scriptures to help you know what to do. I love this passage. I hope you'll be encouraged by this. And it's going to set the stage for some small group prayer in a moment. 
Start off with verses 1 and 2. Here's what's going on. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Munites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. And behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is En Gedi. Okay, so Jehoshaphat and the nation of Israel faced a terrible problem. Here's a map up on the screen. We're going to get that. There we go. Okay, so we got the Ammonites, Moabites, Edomites, and the Munites. They've all allied together. All these nations on the right hand of the, of the here's the sea they're talking about. And they've all come together and they're traveling Boom, 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 right, boom, boom, massive army, spears are mad, right? And they're coming and they're planning on destroying Israel. Okay, so it's bad news. That's verses one and two. I love the honesty of Jehoshaphat's response in verses three and four. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid. I mean, just feel it, picture it. And, oh, this is a crucial and. For most of us, then Steve was afraid Period. <laughs> Fetal position. You know, okay, no. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord. Oh, I love Jehoshaphat. Thank you, Lord, for Jehoshaphat. And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, and Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. This is a big deal. Everybody come. Everybody's walking, you know, horses, donkeys are all coming. So the soldiers are still coming. Okay, this, this is big. All right. Then in verses 5 through 12, Jehoshaphat leads the people in prayer. Now, I would encourage you, let this, verses 5 through 12, be a model for how you pray at those times when you're facing insurmountable problems that you don't have an answer for. Four main parts to this. And you can just pray this and make the appropriate changes so that it fits your circumstances. Look where he starts, verses 5 and 6. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations, including the Ammonites, Moabites, Edomites, Munites. You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you. So Jehoshaphat starts with big statements about who you are. You're sovereign, you're powerful, no one can withstand you. That's the God that you are. It's powerful when you're feeling like you're facing an insurmountable problem and you don't know what to do. Start with who God is. That's where he starts. Then he recounts what God has done. Verses 7 through 9. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friends? And they have lived in it and have built for you a, in it a sanctuary for your name, saying... If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, or Ammonites, Moabites, Edomites, Munites, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. So see how he's just talking about who God is, what God's done, what God's promised. 
Then he moves to the problem, verses 10 and 11. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, whom they avoided and did not destroy. God, you, you wouldn't let us conquer them. There was no need to conquer them because we had this land over here. They could do their thing over here. You didn't want us to conquer them, and we didn't. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. So he, he goes into the, the problem here of what they're facing. So when you're facing an insurmountable problem, tell God about the problem. Give him the details of it. Verse 12, then he asks God, here's his request. O oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Do you you feel the drama of this? This massive horde is marching, boom, 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 coming towards them. They are coming, they're coming. Every minute they're closer. Jehoshaphat's gathered all of Israel, men, women, children. They're all fasting, they're all praying. And Jehoshaphat says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Boom, boom, boom. Or they're still coming, okay? So do you feel the drama of the moment? What's God going to do? He does something right then and there. Look at verses 13 through 14. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. They're all standing there waiting. They're coming. Soldiers are coming. Jehoshaphat's just said, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. We're looking to you. And then verse 14. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Madaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. So God brings a spiritual gift to one of the men who's there. And look at what he says, verses 15 through 17. He said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you. Imagine the murmurs, oh, God's speaking. God's, he's gonna, God's, God's saying something here. What is he saying? Do not be afraid. And do not be dismayed at this great horde. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. That's the area they were going to be marching towards them. You'll find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. That's exactly what happened. The next day, they went out. They were coming up by the ascent of Ziz. Israel stood there, didn't need to fight at all, and God destroyed them before their very eyes. I love this passage. So here's the lesson. Some of you right now are facing insurmountable problems. You don't see what the solution is. You you, you can't imagine what the solution would be. Just like Jehoshaphat. They're coming, they're marching, They're totally outnumber us. There's no human answer for us to to deliver us here. We don't know what to do. At those times, if you will seek the Lord, pray, set your heart, be afraid, that's okay, fear's normal, but be afraid and set your heart to seek the Lord. If you will seek the Lord and ask him for help, he will help you every time. 
You'll never walk away saying, I'm the only person in the whole Bible history who never got helped by... No, you will see God help you. God will meet you. He will speak to you. He will guide you. He'll give you thoughts, answers, direction. Somebody will walk up and say, God spoke to me a spiritual gift for you. Somebody will call and say, here's what God told me to tell you. Or just something will happen. Change will take place. Every time you seek the Lord with your insurmountable problems, God will deliver you, help you, answer you, strengthen you, guide you. Every time. Every time. Every time? Every time. Every time. How many times? Just want to make sure we got this here. Okay. Now here's what I want us to do this morning. So I want to give you something that you can take with you. Some of you are facing these right now. Others of you're either facing them or you're going to face them. Okay, that's all of us. So this, you got to get this. But now this morning, I, I think we need to pray together for God to put some of the missing pieces of the puzzle together in terms of the home groups for this fall. Again, he's, there's a lot that's in place. Leaders, areas, mission, very exciting what God's done. There's some pieces that are still missing, though, and so I want us to pray along the lines of kind of four requests. Let me back up. In a, in a moment, I'm going to have us break into small groups. We're going to get up and move our chairs around and, and get into small groups. Okay, so we're really going to get in small groups and we're really going to pray. Four requests. I put them in your notes there. First of all, to pray for, for God to give wisdom, to clarity about some, to, to clarify some of those who are called to be home group leaders, that they would just, okay, yes, Lord, that's right, you are calling me. That there'd be clarity, okay? Maybe there's some who haven't even been called yet, we don't know. But just to ask God, first of all. Then secondly, for where each group should meet. What part of the South Bay area should each group be, be meeting in? Third, what should be the, the evangelistic missional focus of each group? There's still some question about some of the groups along those lines. And then fourth, that God will lead all of us in terms of which home group he wants us to be in. So four areas I'd like us to just come together and pray. Again, we've been praying all summer, but I, I just feel like the Lord wanted us to have, you know, the whole church needs to take some time and pray about this. This is big. This is a big a big move for us as a church. And what the Lord has done this summer has so encouraged me and how he's changed my heart and changing our hearts. And if, 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 if the Lord could do this in the whole church, and I, and I know it's what he wants to do. So I want us to pray. The Lord always honors this kind of thing where we come before him in need and just say, help us, especially when we do it publicly and all together. He is so faithful. So uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with you next week how things are going to look. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word and that you are a God who delivers us. I pray for those right here who right now in their own personal lives are facing seemingly insurmountable problems. And I pray that you'd give them sweet time praying Second Chronicles 20 and that you would meet them and show them the path ahead. And Lord, we, we ask that you'd Bring the missing puzzle pieces. Thank you for the leaders you've already raised up and the groups you're already putting together in the different areas. We pray, Lord, that the missing pieces of the puzzle would come together and that I pray that each, each person in Mercy Hill would be richly blessed and just would be thriving in these new groups. I pray that we'd look back six months from now and just say, thank you, Lord, for having us take that turn in the road that you're calling us to go on. So thank you for this time this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.